welcome to This is Hard to Watch, featuring Holly and Will, a married couple who live in Brooklyn, who spend a lot of time watching TV and even more time talking about it. The show's title is a nod to the fact that even though we can't wait for our shows to come on every week, when they're actually on, they're incredibly cringeworthy and usually hard to watch. So it's all very confusing and conflicting, and we're here to talk about it all. Our talk track skews Bachelor, but we're really equal opportunity over here. We really cover it all with even a little dash of current events, if you will, mainly from well, not from me so much. With that, let's think about the year that we just had, which can cue up some of the things that we're most excited about in 2021. So what are some of the big themes from the programming that you've absorbed over the past year? Well, so I've kind of jotted down five things that I've been reflecting on uh, from 2020 and thinking about what I'm hoping for for 2021. And obviously we have to acknowledge 2020 was a tough year. It was challenging. Um, and as you mentioned, Bachelor's sort of the, the centerpiece of the reality world, right? Um, Bachelor's where- It's like the Aztec calendar of, of TV. Exactly. So, you know, while I enjoy the Vanderpump kids and I might, you know, order a chicken parm hero and have a beer, Monday night, bachelor night is the night that I'm opening my my finest bottle of $15 wine and ordering my, my takeout sushi. It's sushi night. Right. So that sort of sets the stage. And, you know, we, we started off the year promising Pilot Pete, his mom, and then right off the finale, we're into quarantine. And then when Bachelor does come back, 2020, right? It's on a Tuesday night. Already things are topsy-turvy. I bet there's some butterfly effect about Bachelor being on Tuesday and the prolonged COVID state of the world. I, I wouldn't rule it out. I would not rule it out. <laughs> so, you know, I think Bachelor made a valiant attempt. Right. You know, we were all excited to see Chris Harrison in his den with his book behind him that he was subtly promoting to us during that that retrospective series. Oh, what early was that? That was, that was fiction, right? We determined. How did we so. how did we not get that? How I did I don't not... know how I don't own a copy of that um, yet. But and I appreciated it. Like, look. We were a little late to the Bachelor game, and it was good to see Womack 1 and Womack 2 and relive some highlights from Juan Pablo's season. But I think, you know, eventually it, 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 was, it was a valiant attempt, but it didn't fill the need. And, you know, so my number five of, of things that I kind of uh, took from 2020 is Love Island. You know. Um, she kept us going. It did, right? In the in the dog days of summer, in, you know, quarantine fatigue, all through August and September, those kids were there. And I remember when your parents, actually, your parents were like, you need to watch Love Island. And I'm like, every day? That's absurd. And then 
like the one day a week it wasn't on, I'm like, how am I supposed to live like this? Yeah, what are Sally and Johnny doing right now? I don't know. So I, I think Love Island, like I think about 2020 and Love Island got us through. And then I think of 2021 and I ask myself, will I have the time and wherewithal to watch Love Island 3 every day for two and a half months? I probably will. I probably will. Yeah, I'm bullish. I'm bullish on that happening. I was wondering... Will any of the Love Island kids ever make an appearance as a Bachelor contestant? Or, what? okay, when, you're, when we're talking about people who end up on these shows, you're at a base level hot, right? You just are. Mm-hmm. Do you have that self-realization like, oh, I'm Love Island hot or I'm Bachelor hot? And like you know what lane you fall in? No. No, you do not. You just go for any and every opportunity. And then someone else tells you whether you're Bachelor hot or Love Island hot. And you accept that role and the either 30,000 or 80,000 followers that come with it. But either way, no matter what level of hot you are, the pandemic does not apply to you because those kids are out in Miami I know you're talking about Cher XO. Oh, Cher XO. <laughs> and, and, and Kirsten and, and her her work uniform, which is pretty much like three pieces of leather spando strategically placed. At least the Bachelor kids put the masks on. Oh, no, they don't. No. No, never mind. No. General rule, if you're in that universe and... That just the pandemic doesn't apply. You're just in the alternate reality that none of us regular people will yeah, ever. Somewhere in Dallas, Nashville, or Miami. Or, some, or yeah, Colorado. It's, it's like the, the Bermuda Triangle of, of hot people. I, and the other, incidentally, not related to number five on my list, but tangentially related, it, it opens up a whole new slew of cameo people for you and shout out to James McCool from Love Island for for giving me a solid solid cameo for a for a di- bargain price. Now, I did go for the the Love Island person that was charging the least, so he was like an episode 3 dropout. So, um yes, thank you James McCool. I'm sorry I made you redo your cameo because the first one I believe my my comment to him was, way to dial it in, bro. <laughs> and then I had to go through the excruciating process of having him, like, hate me. Like, be like the, um, like the kid who had to apologize but not really mean it. The, uh, the, the redo, if I might, was, was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. <laughs> okay, moving on. Want me to? Yeah, uh, please go ahead. All right. Well, so number four for me, which I I think was a really good thing for reality TV that came out of the pandemic. In Clasha, the 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 Tisha Claire season, I think the producers and the the showrunners really had to stretch their creativity because 
there there were no locations to go out on dates. And yeah, they had the horses going through, you know, the resort. But the dates to me seemed like almost real dates, which I found quite refreshing for a while at least. You see, the big win from being forced into La Quinta was the emergence of Chris Harrison as a prop. And I really hope to see more of that in 2021. Like the the self-awareness, like he knew like, oh, everyone's going to get a kick out of this. Just like a kind of a a fourth wall Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. breaking down, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, like those dates, you know, aside from the silly ones where they're always getting naked and and whatnot. But I, I think it it actually forced them to show more of their personality. I think, you know, a lot of the reviews of this season say, oh, the men revealed a lot. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that the dates were kind of real. So you saw more from Riley and from Ben, was that his name? Um, and, well, and, and well once the season ends, <laughs> they're all just that guy. Until they're on Paradise. The crown jewel. <laughs> and I'm sure that's that's on your list. I, I, list. Because you talk about Paradise every day. Well, so I just to finish up on this point, I will say that the creativity of the dates, I think, I, I like, I hope they they carry that through. I know they're going to be in, you know, Peru and Thailand and all these exotic places and they'll go, revert back to reiterating how fun it is that they're having fun, that this is so much fun. So much fun. I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm here. Can you believe you're here? <laughs> I can't believe I'm here. But, I, you know, I, I just hope that they take that forward. Although I will say, by the end of the season, I was tired of watching Zach and Taisha have dates because I think part of – it was just like a normal relationship then. It was like, okay, I'm just watching them go out on their fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh date this week. Yeah, just like how in Paradise, once people couple up, you're like, all right, and I know that the great Juliet – on you know bachelor party pod is always she was just lobbying to rob mills right she's, yeah who like you never saw hannah g and she's Dylan like put them in like a couple's yeah. pavilion and th- that's right and let, and if it doesn't work out when they're coupled together let them cycle back in so that's a little genius that i'd like to get behind mm, i'm a big fan of that what else is on your reflections list well, something you just touched upon a little earlier, and I think, you know, 2020, again, it sort of recenters us, right? Like, you know, we have to kind of take stock of what's important, what's meaningful, the things we miss from normal life. And a few things jumped out at me from Bachelor World. One was Chris Harrison. To your point, the guy is, I mean, we all know he's an icon, and he really showed some new versatility this year and some self-awareness. And I love, look, look, JoJo Fletcher is my number one bachelorette of all time. Huge fan. Girl can't be beat. But we missed a little something those weeks that, that Harrison was gone. And I she totally was agree. I, I think that JoJo's presence was a sharp juxtaposition and it highlighted the Harrison je ne sais quoi, if you will. Yeah. Right? 
For just sure. was not the same. And if JoJo can't do it. Yeah, I don't know who can. Maybe Wells at some point. Maybe. But time to renegotiate that contract, Harrison, if you're listening. <laughs> Which I hope you are. Um, so the other thing I think that I that I think is real important, and again, you sort of alluded to it, and I, Bachelor in Paradise is the crown jewel, and that was missing. I mean, every when we're watching Bachelor and Bachelorette, all we're thinking about is who's going to make it to Paradise. In addition to, of course, is the Bachelor or Bachelorette going to find love? But which is yes, that's of primary importance. But Bachelor in Paradise was sorely missing this year. I'm really looking forward. I hope everyone else has sort of taken stock of the fact that that wasn't there and will really enjoy it this year. I, you know, I'm a little worried because it's going to be such a deep bench to pull from. Mm. Mm. And I don't know how they're going to approach the casting for it because they're so we're, – we're talking yeah. Peter's, Peter's season, right? We're yeah. talking Clasha's season. Mm. And then we're going to have – the bachelors and crop, the next bachelor and the next bachelorette so hold on to your hats yeah and look i noah just while we're talking about like noah and bennett are probably both going to be there i don't need to see any more of that i appreciate them both and for the record i'm a noah guy i'm all in on noah i was from the get go i don't think he did anything wrong i think jumping over the for the steel cage match well within the bounds. He didn't do anything wrong. I don't need to see any more of this conflict. And also, by the way, like the Harvard thing, my collegial allegiance is uh, is anti-Harvard. Let's just say that. So, You were also a Chad sympathizer, though, back in the day. So Before he went off the rails. Yeah, he did go off <laughs> the rails. I've retracted my, my sympathizing for Chad, for the record. Um, the other thing I'll say about knowing what's important and Bachelor in Paradise, Harrison, look, it's a divided time, divided nation, but Bachelor Nation, what I've seen on the blogs and Facebook groups and whatnot, Bachelor Nation is the strongest nation out there. Like, I cannot wait until the pandemic's over because I'm really going to propose some sort of off-site. Like, I would actually go. And I do not, like, my social anxiety always kicks in and things like that. I think I would, like, go to, go on a cruise. I would go on, like, a Bachelor Nation <laughs> cruise. I just might do that. I think I think the quarantine fatigue is setting in. PTO <laughs> 2021 is already used up. Are you ready for my number two? Yes. All right, so my number two is off Bachelor, but again, expanding my my reality world. And, you know, in the Bravo universe, I, uh, I've, I've dabbled in Housewives, but only of the Jersey flavor. And this year, we, we started to take on the, the Housewives of, uh, of Salt Lake City. And, you know, you and I were talking the other day and we said, you know, there's not as much drama, like some interesting characters. I think Mary, I, I just love to see what she's up to every day. Um, love to watch the relationship with her son. The whole thing is, is, is gold. 
but it dawned on me the two reasons why there's not as much drama. And again, I'm just comparing it to Jersey. But when you think about Jersey housewives, those ladies have had about three bottles of Chianti before the, the cameras even start rolling. Right? Am I right? That's true. And the, the Salt Lake City housewives are mostly Mormon and in theory aren't drinking at all. Well, Maso Manos. For the most part, even though one of them owns a tequila company. She's the worst, but yet the best. She's kind you of, have to she's like kind of sit into Lisa. You have to really sit into her and her poor, long-suffering husband to really enjoy it. Yeah. And I think the other thing is there. some of them are actually kind of nice, so they don't gossip as much. Oh, yeah. The producer is trying to pull something out of one of them being seen with another man in New York. And nobody will gossip about it with anyone else. The producer manipulation, they it's must be testing. like on the phone with with like Andy Cohen just being like, what do we do here? How do we handle this? Yeah, it's um it's hard. So I you know, what I'm curious to see is does this get a, re a renewal for a second season? Like I'm enjoying it. It's it's filling a gap for me. For us, and it's just watching. fascinating. Part of it's it's different. It's different. I just don't. They're not getting the dry. They're not. Nobody's throwing glasses at each other. And I think you know doing shots in the Jersey Shore house before you go out helps facilitate that. And that's not happening in the ski chalet. That's true. There's no catalyst when Coach Shaw is is behind the bar serving like Pepsi. Right. And then the Mormons are like, oh, I can't have caffeine. Yeah, so I, I don't know what's it's going on. It's fascinating. But anyway, TBD. So what else? What What's your numero uno? My numero uno is, and this is this is hard to admit, but because we weren't on the, on the train before the pandemic, but uh, below deck. Like, I love those Vanderpump kids. Miss them. Uh, but they were already, it was already becoming like a little fabricated and, and they were running out of runway of where to go with this. And, you know, we started watching Below Deck Mediterranean, right? And there were five seasons of that because it was an easier lift than, than Below Deck. Right. Yeah, we got into a little BDM <laughs> yes. during quarantine. <laughs> a little... <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I loved Below Deck Mediterranean. We, we, we got in, we, we fell fast and hard. Yeah. And now, again, a little ashamed to admit it, but we're starting Below Deck Classic. And, you know, Holly looked at the, the on demand and it said, expires April 15th. And she said, are we going to be able to get through all eight seasons <laughs> before then? And, uh... I think unequivocally, yes, we will. We're in season two now, and we'll be reporting. I, I already have thoughts on some episodes about what I've learned management style from the various stews and captains. I have very strong feelings on this already. But I'm going to wait. I'm going to buy my time. I'm going to watch these seasons. I'm going to be thoughtful about it, and then I'll share my thoughts. And deal with me having FOMO of not knowing that this type of job existed. And if I could go back in time and being 22 years old, I would be on a yacht so 
past. Like, it kills me. It kills me that I that I can't be a Yachty. Like, it hurts me inside. Sometimes I can't even watch an episode because, oh, man, that would have been my cup of tea. Well, you could clean our 17-foot. We do have a boat. 20-year-old boat, <laughs> if you want. And then we'll make out. It'll be like below deck. I, I'll, I'll be more <laughs> like the chef, Ben, just throwing things. Be like, what the fuck, you fucking idiots? We might have to bleep that. Okay. Those are my those are my big learnings from 2020. I'll just add in a little bit of color beside uh, of I'm glad that I'm not in the dating scene and having to deal with the men and that the wardrobe stylings mm. of the day mm. where these big giant men wearing these tiny tight clothes with their like capri pants no socks and the stretched out shirts. Yeah, I thought that went out with Robbie Hayes. The oh, no socks. Yeah, he really the, he he started something. That guy. Oh God, STDs. That's what he. <laughs> but there's, I bet you could map out a whole chain of STDs across across the nation, um, the Bachelor yeah. Nation. I mean, Salty. yeah, yeah, he got he got. To Shayna. Oh, and even like Chrisley knows best, which I love. I'm big Chrisley knows best guy. Yeah. But he, one of his daughters, he was what? Like, oh man, the guy goes, oh, Robbie Hayes, man. All right. Well, well, thank you for sharing your, your, your thoughts and, and this microphone, because even though I have mountains of audio equipment just because of my, my, my day job. <laughs> Oh, this isn't your day job? (laughs) For some reason, I only have one cord for a microphone. So it's a good thing we're married because this would not be acceptable distance with a a colleague. (laughs) No, especially not now. (laughs) And with that, we look forward to seeing Bachelor Matt and all the other delights that await us on our DVR and on demand and Hulu, and Netflix, Roku. and Roku. Oh, God, it's too much. It's just way too much. As, as uh, Taisha would say, it's a lot. It's a lot. Thanks for listening, and tune in next time to talk about more things that are just so hard to watch. <laughs> <laughs>